0: This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode number 7, Beta, Beta, Beta. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Diablo. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Shatter Soulstone is now found on Stitcher Radio. Go to Stitcher.com Slash Soulstone. That's S T I T C H E R.com Slash Soulstone. All one word. Register with the promo code Soulstone to be entered to win a $100 prize, and you will automatically add Shatter Soulstone to your favorites when you install the app on your smartphone. That's Stitcher.com Slash Soulstone. You have quite a treasure there in that Harodric Cube.
1: From the far reaches and burning depths of Sanctuary comes Shattered Soulstone, your
2: Diablo podcast. It's beginning to feel like some great evil is permeating the air around here.
1: Now your hosts, Nevik, Braja, and Jen.
2: Stay a while and listen.
0: Welcome to episode number 7 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is Friday, January 13th, and I am your host, Nevik. I am joined by my two co-joeys from the proverbial Don Forge pouch. Barasia, how have you been, and what have you been up to this week?
1: Oh, I'm doing great, Nevik. Thanks for asking. And uh, just in Diablo, I've been playing Diablo 2, where I've uh, actually gone in. Played with my assassin a little bit more and also uh, started up a new necromancer just to kind of get a feel for the things because it's been at least six or seven years since i've played those games um and it's just been it's fun are you going down the revive tree no actually i'm st- i'm going back with my favorite which is um oh, basically creating my skeleton army of death and i just stand there and watch them just eat everything up on the screen Oh, so you're Lagomancer. Okay. Well, hey, with this computer? No, man, not a Lagomancer anymore. I could throw up like 30 of them, and no That's problems true. whatsoever. It's,
0: yeah, today's computers dwarf what, what we had back in the day. Oh, no kidding. It's amazing. And Jen, I, I hear that you have a really big piece of news that, that you just found out right before we started the shows.
2: Oh my god, you guys, I got into the beta. I can't believe it.
0: I am jealous. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Sorry to make you jealous. I didn't expect oh, it was okay. going to happen. Um, do you want to hear the little story of how I got it, or, or is that yes, enough as yes. it is? Okay. So Absolutely. on Twitter, um, sometime around the end of December, it turns out that Cat Perry's on Twitter, and she is um, she works for Blizzard Entertainment. And if you look, you you can find her on Twitter, K-A-T-P-A-R-R-Y. And she wrote something to the effect of that she was, um, it was right, it was right after Christmas and she was talking about like, oh, you know, I'm going to get into the Christmas spirit and I'm going to give out some beta keys. And I didn't even know about it, but Epsana sent me a direct message saying, hey, you know, you need to send Kat Perry a tweet, maybe you'll get a beta key. And so I did. And since, as we've said on this podcast, my Twitter name is Queen of Haiku, I tend to write in haiku. So what I wrote to Kat Perry was a haiku, and I wrote this one. I've read all the books, played games since Diablo 1, much hashtag Diablo love. And that apparently got me the beta key.
0: That is yeah, nice. I think writing in the haiku specifically is what got got Cat's attention. So that's awesome.
2: I didn't think anything would come of it. I really didn't, you know. And there there's actually a lot of people that write in haiku on Twitter. I think I might be the only one that primarily writes in haiku, but I never expected it would even get looked at, you know, and she sent me a direct message, Kat Perry did, and said, Hey, you know, what's your email for Battlenet? And I let her know and didn't hear anything until I checked today and Oh my god, I'm in the beta. Yeah. (laughs) This is awesome. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely so you know none of you will be hearing from me for about a week or so as I you know play through the beta and stop sleeping and eating and you know, <laughs> working and things like that Someone can come check on me and see me still connected to my computer going just five more minutes five more minutes
0: I guess what will we'll take this time to mourn the loss of our ability to you know you know sad panda over none of us being in the beta because now one
1: of us is <laughs> yeah so
2: I, and I just I can't even believe it. I just I'm staring at the BattleNet screen going. Is this real? Am I dreaming? Oh my god.
1: So now you have so to I write your story. You know, into it kind of show.
2: figures that I'm sorry, what?
1: I'm sorry, now you're going to have to write your stories into the show.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I to yep. send in little emails. Oh my god, you guys, the coolest thing happened in the beta.
0: <laughs> sad and... So the obvious follow-up question is what class are you going to try first? And I, I already know your answer, yeah. and it's not it's not wizard. No,
2: obviously. I <laughs> really want to see what the demon yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: Just just stay away from the barbarian. That's yeah. all I ask. Well,
2: that's yeah, not something I'm leaning towards, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? You brought up Epsana, mm-hmm. and um, and speaking of her, I gave her a, an assignment, because she, uh, she, after listening to Episode 6, where we talked about the Book of Cain, she yes. went ahead and ordered it. Oh, how nice. And did she send you a report on the smell of the book?
2: She hasn't yet, actually. Hmm. I'm going to have to track it down. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Epsana, you're slacking a little bit.
2: <laughs> hey, don't pick on Epsana. She's the one that basically got me to send an e- a, a tweet to Cat Perry that got me the beta. So, you know, got to stand up for Epsana.
0: After you kill the Skeleton King a couple times, you'll probably be like, wait. Wasn't she supposed to send me a report on that book smell? That was <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It's probably hard to describe. I don't know, but it's it's kind of ironic that you know I just discovered I got in the beta because yesterday I went out and bought the uh, Diablo two battle chest. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And actually, you have a little bit of a story there too, um, as we were discussing in the pre-show. And I, I guess you know, occasionally it's it's fun to to point out that sometimes you go into a game store and, and the employees there try to upsell you on things, and they don't understand what what certain things are.
2: Yeah, it was it was kind of funny. I went into a GameStop and there were only two employees in the store, and there were no customers in the store, so they both ran up and they were like, hi, what can I help you with? And I said, well, I'm looking for the Diablo 2 Battle Chest. And you know, they handed it to me, and it was two employees. One was a girl with pink hair. Like, her whole head was pink. <laughs> And the other one was the guy behind the register whose hair is longer than mine, I think. And um, they were like, oh, yeah, I used to play Diablo 2. It's so cool. You're going to really like it. And I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I know. OK, sure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. And like the girl starts telling me all about the game and. You know all the loot and all this stuff, and I think they may have gotten the impression that I'd never played Diablo and was just getting into it now and knew nothing of it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. I'm like, should I tell them I do a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> you,
0: know? you probably should have. We could Maybe have, I have. We could have a pink-haired and a long-haired, a pink-haired girl and a long-haired guy you know, listening to this podcast right now. Hi! Hello.
2: I know! Possibly. Sorry for
0: calling you, you know, not so intelligent, hey. but...
2: Yeah, well, I guess they just, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they just assumed that if I'm coming in for this game that maybe I've never played before, I don't know. So, you know, bought it, and the guy's like, oh, you know, you should totally, like, get the collector's edition, or, you know, get that, you should buy the game from here, we're gonna do this awesome party, and the more pre-orders I get, the more money I get towards making this party happen, mm. and... I'm like, well, I kind of got it through the annual pass. Mm. And they just looked at me with a blank stare.
0: Yeah. I'm
2: like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then means. I explained what the annual pass was, and uh, the guy was like, yeah, you know, the stuff that comes with that annual pass, it's really just, it's like cool stuff for WoW, but I don't play WoW, and I don't play StarCraft. I only play Diablo. And I'm like, okay, then. <laughs> you know, well, enjoy just your got Diablo. Out of the store. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I guess in his defense, you know, um, you you could still get the collector's edition because I am, and I I bought the annual pass because, the the clincher was the four months credit towards your your commitment. So right. I was like right. done done it's done you know, it's like where where do I sign done. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, I'm still I'm still considering it. Um, it's gonna come down to finances and just things like that.
0: But yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna have to make sure that we get shirts made soon so that. When I go to the midnight launch over here at my GameStop, you know, I'm going to talk to the store manager and you know say, "Hey, I do a podcast," uh, you know, it's I, I and just find out how many pre-orders he has and stuff like that, and find out if it's even worth my time to you know put together some promotional material for the for the podcast. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're hey, let's have an on-show meeting. Wow. Oh, I know. <laughs> We're not the only show to
2: do this. I no, have, no, I tend to have this happen in most of the shows that I've involved in yeah. somehow.
0: So, yeah. so yeah. yeah, awesome. That I'm. So next show. Oh, you know what? This is a great opportunity to bring something up that we had in our post-show dis- um, discussion from episode six with our with our our Papa Kangaroo himself, Medros. Um, we we are going to. We we've been kind of you know like here and there, you know, with our release schedule, we are... we're not committing 100% to, but we we will be trying to do every other Friday or, you know, like, basically every other week we're going to try to get an episode out. Just so that, you know, people have, you know, an expectation of when when to get their emails in, if they want to send us some emails. Because we've... we have a number of people who've been repeatedly sending us emails, and you know, I really appreciate that. But if what I'm just basically saying is that Having a more set schedule is Beneficial to the show And while we're on that topic Now that we're, you know Almost, I, I don't know ten Almost ten minutes in um, If this is your first time Listening to this podcast I And you don't really feel like Going back to episode one I mean, I can understand that That's, you know, at least seven hours worth of listening right there It's all solid gold though Indeed <laughs> <laughs> we we are a community focused podcast. We you, what you're not going to find is you know the hardcore technical analysis of the game. You know there's other podcasts that do it out there, so we don't want to do that too. Um, you know Diablo podcast by Flux and the Worldstone Keep guys they they do a great job of analysis and lore and the news and but we are community focused, meaning that. We like to talk about the game with other people, our fans, our listeners, and stuff like that. And you know, we we will talk about the news and we'll talk about you know tips and st- stuff like that. You know, we're we're not going to you know just shy away from everything. But you know, just don't don't expect us to be super hardcore. You know, sometimes sometimes when you're behind the microphone, you may forget a little detail, and then you'll you know you'll wake up in the middle of the night and you'll be like oh my goodness how could i be so dumb it was blah 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 you know it's like Durr, how, how could i forget that you know occasionally we'll misspeak and stuff like that so you know just just to set the record straight if this is your first time listening to the show you know we we like to have fun and that's the most important part because, you know, that's what games are supposed to be, is having fun. And now that I've, you know, talked everybody's ears off, let me step down for my soapbox and let's let's get on to um, <laughs> the emails that we received. Sounds like a great idea. We received actually two emails from Amatos, our good friend Amatos. Hey. And his first email, uh, he included a link. Um, it's a, a link to a YouTube video from uh, BlizzCon. Uh, the lower panel at BlizzCon for Diablo 3. so we'll include that link in the show notes. And thank you, Amatos, for finding that on YouTube. I'm not sure that that should technically be up on YouTube.
2: I don't know. Is it the one? Is it like the live stream? Is that what it is? Like what was in the live stream?
0: It is directly from the DirectV live stream. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't know about the legality of it, but I did get the live stream, and I, I saw the live stream when it went, you know, during BlizzCon, and. Yeah, that that lore panel was really fascinating.
0: Yeah, so we'll include the link in the show notes so that everybody can watch it. As long as it's still there. Yeah. yeah it, it, I guess it depends on... Uh, I, I hate to bring it up, but it you know, all hinges on Sopa. But, uh, oh, good. Oh, let's not go there. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, let, let's move on. Amatos also sent us another email, and he says... Hey guys, thought I'd give you a heads up. There's rumblings of a February 1st release date for Diablo 3, stemming from this picture. And there's a link there, and it's a somebody took a picture of a promotional poster that was found at a Best Buy, I believe, in Minnesota. And it showed, uh, it had like a countdown, and it had release date, and it said February. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> spelled correctly. Spell <laughs>
2: it was misspelled, really. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: And um, it had a countdown, and the countdown could be construed as February first. And there's just there's a very convenient glare on the poster that you know you couldn't actually see the date, but um, that poster was then promptly removed because uh, the man- store manager of that store was contacted by numerous uh, news sites, mm-hmm. like. Like, wait, February first. Where'd you get this information? They're like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then they took it down because it was not true. So. Wow. <laughs> and Amatos, he he linked a whole bunch of stuff in this paragraph, but basically, like, he linked to a couple of different uh, news sites that covered this story, and he does continue on. Now the Best Buy, the Best Buy site. Really doesn't interest me, but G4 is another matter. They are not retailers, and it would look bad to get something like that wrong. Well, like I said, all of that was, you know, redacted, because it was not not real information. But uh, he also continues, Another thing to keep in mind, Best Buy leaked big news recently concerning the Sprint iPhone and the release date of Sweater back in June, which they were 11 days off on. So there is some meat to this new fevered Rash of Anticipation, and Rash of anticip- Anticipation, I think there's a cream for that. <laughs>
2: it sounds like a spell cast from like the Necromancer or something, <laughs> yes, Rash of Anticipation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes everyone go crazy for five minutes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Diaper rash. <laughs>
0: We're going to tie in the next email because it is also related to the release
1: date. So, Breja do you want to cover that? Sirota sent in to us, Hey guys, figure you'd be interested in this tidbit of information. I pre-ordered my Diablo 3 Collector's Edition this the week after attending BlizzCon. And at this time, Best Buy was quoting February 1st release date. Well, I just got an email from Best Buy about it. Pre-order update. Um, this was back on January 10th. And he goes, uh, Dear Sirota, there has been a change in the release date for your pre-ordered item. The new release date is now December 31st, 2012. The order details are listed below. For more infinite information contact, you can also call Best Buy. Thank you, Best Buy Customer Service. He just thought that he would share this email with us that he got from Best Buy. Take care, you three.
2: Now that date, I used to work in a bookstore, and that date is a placeholder. That means Mm -hmm. the company has no bloody idea when it's coming out, um, but they have to have something in their system that technically says a release date in order to take Mm pre-orders on stuff. So, yeah, I used to I used to work in a bookstore around the time when the Harry Potter books were coming out, and no one knew when it was coming, and we were getting asked constantly. And in the uh, computers, when you look it up, it would say the end of the year, of mm-hmm. that year, just because it had to have something. It doesn't mean that that's really the new release date.
0: Exactly. And I, I think that after what happened with the Best Buy in Minnesota, corporate probably stepped in and said, uh... Let's change the release date to December 31st, 2012, because we do not actually have an official press release from Blizzard Entertainment on when Diablo 3 is going to be shipped. So, yeah, it's... At this point, until Blizzard puts out a press release, no matter what you hear, from wherever, no matter how credible the source, unless you actually work at Blizzard, or know somebody who works at Blizzard, and even then... You know things change, so until a press release is out there with a date, nothing is in stone. So
1: all we know for certain that it'll be out soon-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It
0: if uh, if Twitter is a, a good indication, uh, think things are looking pretty
1: good for a very soon rele- ish release of the game. So. But this also just showed you how much. Diablo 3 is anticipated by so many people because when I first saw the picture it was in uh, a tweet in that same picture from the Best Buy in Minnesota and it was like an explosion of hundreds of people just hit right after that about Diablo being going to be released, Diablo is going to be released and what's this mean and how's this and how come we don't know this sooner and all of this. It's just it was a lot of people who were very, very anxious about this game and I think it just tells us that when it actually get does get released, Blizzard is going to look at some very good numbers. Yeah, I I think I may have um, underestimated just how
0: feverish the com the uh, all the fans are over this game. And I I think I forget which episode it was in, but I I, I think I was talking about how if they had gone with a quarter four launch how it would have gotten lost in the mix and you know what i really think i misspoke there i think uh, diablo 3 would have crushed a lot of things in its way Mm -hmm. and i i know 38 studios is not not too pleased that diablo 3 is looking like it might be a february release we don't know when in february but hopefully it's near the end please let me have some time with kingdoms of amalur <laughs> oh you
2: need time for that yeah. yes i yeah. I'm
0: really looking forward to that game, and i I don't want to have Diablo Three crush that game for me so.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's really not surprising that there's this much like you know rabid fans out there considering we've been waiting for about fifteen years for the game <laughs> to exist.
1: One more thing is that I noticed um a lot of time Bashok will put out tweets trying to correct everything, saying that. What their schedule is, is they generally give you an announcement and about eight weeks later is when the the, uh, release date is. From that announcement, well, most of their games in the recent history have been somewhere between six and eight weeks, so Mm -hmm. I mean, since we haven't heard anything yet, um, it doesn't mean it still won't happen, still doesn't mean that they won't release it within a month, but there's still a lot of logistics that have to be um, overcome just by shipping it around the world. Um, some other things that we can actually talk about a little bit later, that um, they can actually now shift this stuff into Korea as well. So, I mean, the Mm -hmm. last hurdles are being overcome, and so they're going to be doing it at some point soon, we just obviously haven't heard specifically when. Yeah,
0: I I would say more than likely the soonest that we could expect it would be the middle of February, and that's just because you know they've never gone with a press release, and for sooner than four weeks out mm-hmm. from when they when they launch the game, so at this point, every week that passes, you know that's a week later in February at the bare minimum, unless Blizzard you know decides, hey, you know what, we're going to change everything because we've often said, well, you know, Blizzard doesn't do that, and then they <laughs> they change the, they change everything on us. Oh yeah, they've scrapped big projects before. That has happened. Yeah, yeah StarCraft yeah. Ghost comes to mind. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. I was actually looking forward to that game. Thanks for thanks for, you know, pulling that scab off. Uh oh. Anyways, we do we do <laughs> we do have a third a third email for, from Idina Jen, do you wanna take that one?
2: Yeah, I'll read that one. This is from Adina. She says, Hi guys, love the show. I am getting Diablo 3 in the annual pass, and I'm getting excited about that. I have never played Diablo before, and I know you said on the last show to read the Book of Cain, and I will do that. But for a starter character, what would you say could be a good character to begin with? or (laughs) Or even better, what is each class like? I play a hunter in WoW. Love, Adina.
1: Barbarian. No, <laughs> no,
0: no, off my show right now. No. Oh, no,
2: <laughs> you've been fired.
0: Oh, wait, I, I like you, Brisha. you're rehired. Oh, hey, thanks. Actually, I don't even think I, I can I can make that call. I think it's Papa <laughs> Kangaroo, Pop himself. Might be, yeah.
2: I'm sure he loves that nickname. Yeah,
1: really and since I haven't given right him that now. nickname, yeah. I think he likes me more. <laughs> 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 but, <Anyway. laughs> I don't know, something, I don't know, you uh, know want to play something similar to a hunter probably go with demon hunter I would say you know
2: I would say yeah maybe demon hunter because when I don't know when I started playing Diablo and went too well the first thing I rolled was a hunter because I was playing the rogue in Diablo one mm-hmm. where it had, you know it had a bow and arrow and everything and mm-hmm. um, so I can see some similarities with that except of course the demon hunter doesn't have pets. Like, you know, the hunter does in well. Um,
0: right, yeah. So just... that
2: might be a good place to start. I know I'm starting with the demon hunter, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but um, that would be possibly similar. At least it wouldn't be like jumping from playing a hunter to, you know... A barbarian? Yeah, <laughs> where it's all like hands-on, you know? Yeah. Kind of like in-your-face battle-style sort of thing, you know? Yeah,
1: but the hunter can also use a lot of traps. Um, especially now that if you play a Hunter in WoW, you, you're used to doing launch, uh, trap launchers. And it's a similar mechanic, not exactly the same, you won't have to do two steps, but basically the same idea is you're launching traps at your enemies at a distance, doing damage to them before they can get to you. And uh, that's similar to um, what the Hunter would be in WoW. Or, or... Or. Or you, or you could
0: start playing as a mage. Melee mage. In WoW. No mage in WoW, and then play as a wizard in Diablo Three because we all we all know that wizard is clearly going to be the best class. I mean that that that's a given,
1: right? It's fact. Yeah, but stilettos still look better on a uh, hunter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I would actually I would actually also offer that possibly
0: go with the um, witch doctor because mm-hmm. the witch doctor actually does have pets. I was
1: just thinking that too.
2: So it just comes down to which mechanic of the hunter that you you're used to, and wow, Adina, that you like the best, and then you can kind of pick from there. You know do you want to have traps or would you rather have a pet?
1: I was thinking if she's uh, someone that likes to use a um, a beastmaster hunter, well then you're probably going to be liking the witch doctor in the sense that you're, everything that you summon does a bit more damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play a style similar to that. Of course, remember that they talked about having like seven billion different styles of play um, with all with the different characters, so I'm not really sure if you're going to want to do that. But if you want to do like, if you're a marksman uh, hunter in WoW, you might be gravitating more towards Demon Hunter or Survival. Because they
2: get crossbows. Mm-hmm. They get two of them eventually. Two of them, oh. Yes. Double crossbows. That's awesome. hot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> And from, from what I've been hearing, going the double crossbow route is better than going with the two handed bow route mm-hmm. with the Demon Hunter.
2: That's what I've been hearing too. It just sounds so cool, you know? <laughs> anyway.
1: And then there's the monk and the barbarian who are both more melee classes. And mm-hmm. barbarian's going to be using a lot more like rage and type of um, mm-hmm. more power uh, with yeah. their damage while. The monk is a lot uh, more quicker, uh, discipline-type damage, where it's just short bursts, quick, fast, multiple combinations. So that's so, so kind of what you're looking at for the five major heroes. Yeah, if if you want to assault your
0: enemies with your stink, by all means, go with the barbarian. Ah. <laughs> but if you really it like to look good in a dress,
1: go with the wizard. Yep. <laughs> Even the male wizard. <laughs> exactly.
2: There
0: you go. Mm-hmm. But you can't see no the
2: gender stereotyping here. <laughs>
0: yep. So, given that it is uh, our seventh episode and the thirteenth of January, Friday the thirteenth, even. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to do a. We, we are sponsored by Audible, as you've probably heard at the at the opening of the shows, where Mandy Pop himself, you know, pumps or pumps it, pimps it for us, oh, but um, we, we we came to realize that we haven't been doing in-show ads and what Audible is is, for the most part, if you're a listener of Dawn Forge, you already know what Audible is but uh, it's a audiobook service, you can subscribe to it, um, and if you sign up through the free trial, um, which you can do at audibletrial.com slash Diablo uh, you can get a 14 14- day trial and you get what is it, you get a credit to download a book for free.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I exactly. think that's right. And they do have subscription options where you can pay uh seven ninety five per month for your first three months and then it's fourteen ninety five per month thereafter. And at that rate you'd get one credit per month. So it's basically a book a month. Um, but you can also buy books a la carte and usually it's cheaper than going to the bookstore.
2: Oh, for sure. And they do a lot of sales, too, that are yeah. only for members, so it's even cheaper, some of them. It's pretty cool.
0: They have hundreds of thousands of books available. Well, maybe not hundreds, but over 100,000 books, at least. on. Uh, and most of them are only one-credit books. Some are two-credit books, depends, depends on the length. So, you know, probably You're Gone with the Wind, if that's on there, right? You know, I probably shouldn't actually mention book names unless if I check things, but that's okay. We do things we do things on on the fly, right? Exactly. <laughs>
2: We don't need to check facts, best buy. No. you know why we, should we?
0: You know what? Actually, we need a fact. A fact. I can I, I need a new mouth. Um, we need a fact checker. <laughs> God, I can't talk. Or a Diablo fact toe. checker. <laughs> a little guy in a red yes. shirt. Okay. Yes, we, we need a guy in a red shirt. Um, but I was going to uh, suggest a book. Um, by it's a book by Sharon Shin, and it's called Archangel Samaria, and it's book one of a series. And it deals with uh, um, angels. I read this book a long time ago, so I don't quite remember all the details, and I didn't copy the synopsis into our show notes. But needless to say, it was a good book, and you know, it ties into the whole angels and demons thing. So you know, why not? You know, have our first suggestion be something about angels. So, but it's an interesting take on angels. It's not like it's not your Bible angel anyways like i said give it a shot and uh and yeah give audible a shot i haven't actually tried it yet but i listen to too many podcasts to listen to audiobooks so
1: but they also have a lot of different categories everything from science fiction to history to kids stories to classic and business so there's something on there for everybody
2: yeah there's there's a lot there's a ton Mm -hmm. yeah
1: loot deviants
0: you know we, we we span a a wide variety of interests so yeah you know, i i'm sure we even have some medical doctors that probably love to kill demons but, uh, there's <laughs>
2: an interesting concept right there <laughs> because he was next in line to be archangel and therefore jova had a special interest in him gabriel went to the mount sinai seer to learn who the god had chosen to be his bride. Flying, Gabriel took less than three hours to cross the hundred and fifty miles from his home in the Airy to Josiah's rock-bound retreat. It was easy flying, for the air was very thin in the valley between the two mountain ranges, with no treacherous currents such as one might encounter over the western Gaza mountains or the southern coast of Jordana. To a mortal...
1: The frigid air this
2: high above the ground would have been deadly.
0: But while we're on the topic of books, um, we're gonna segue straight into our discussion on book two of the Sin War trilogy, which Jen did a awesome review of. So, Jen, why don't why don't you you know start start the conversation about book two of the Sin War trilogy?
2: Okay, without reading what I wrote on the website, um, obviously, book two you should read after book one because if you jump in here you're missing a lot of things i think probably standalone you could possibly get a good narrative out of this but you will miss all of the details about the characters you know that everything happened in the previous one so obviously you got to read book one first with book two it starts off not too far from where book one left off and you're just dropped right into this battle going on. You've still got the main character, Odyssean, and what now has become an army that he's leading of people that also have special powers, just like he does. In fact, he's the one that sort of helped them to find their special powers. And they are, I'm going to get a little spoilery here, <laughs> um, they are still fighting the battle against, I'm going to say the Temple of the Triune, and not really explain further about what all that is, let people find that. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in their last stages of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's just, a lot of this book is it's about the battles finishing all of that off, to make it like very succinct, that's kind of what it is, but there's a lot more to it than that. There's a scene right in the beginning battle where Odyssean is walking through this hallway in this temple and he like can't see in front of him and these creatures are jumping out at him and he's fighting them off and he doesn't know when the next one's going to come and he casts a little bit of light and it only makes this little circle around him and it really felt like the Diablo 1 game. That's the whole game. That's the whole game right there is crawling through the dungeon and you know this little beam of light around you that kind of... So that was kind of cool. It's only a short segment in you know the first part of the book, but I thought it was neat that it kind of pulled in Diablo One. Mm-hmm. Most of this book is can be summarized by things are not as they seem. You know, you've got really detailed battle scenes, and as they progress, you find out, wait, this this thing that you thought was going to happen, what you expected the enemy was going to do is not what's happening at all. It's something completely different, and you don't see it coming. There's a lot of characters appearing to be other characters, I guess, is one mm-hmm. way to put it. Yeah, you, know, you that's think, a good way to put it. You think that you know, this character that's talking, you think that's the character, and then later you find out, wait a minute, maybe it was really someone else pretending to be, You know that sort of thing. Um, and you don't see that coming either, so that's kind of neat. You've got a lot of situations where the dead don't stay dead in this one. You know, it's not a final a final thing in this series, and especially not in this book. The dead are they're rising. We don't have a zombie epidemic going on in this book, but you've kind of have, you know, like in some of the battles the corpses are getting up and fighting. You know, characters that you thought were dead are kind of back in different ways and
0: merely a setback. Uh,
2: merely a setback. <laughs> and The other interesting thing with this book, it's called Scales of the Serpent, and in the first book, the character Mendelin, who is Elysian's brother, he's, um, he read something, you know, it was written in runes or something that said, the dragon has chosen you, or something like that. And you don't find out in the whole first book just what the heck that means. Well, Scales of the Serpent, obviously, you get a lot of information about, you know, who is this dragon, why did he choose Mendelin... What's the connection between the two? What does this dragon want from him? And all of that. So there's a lot more in this book about that character than there was in the first book, which is kind of neat. Because they left so many things hanging in the first book about, you know, what is he doing? You know, why does he have powers that are so different from his brother and and all of this stuff? So that part's kind of cool. It does have a definitive ending. I'm just going to say they battle the Triune through most of this book, and at the end, it's clear that they need to now direct their forces a different way. And Mm -hmm. that's where the next book kind of picks up.
0: Spoilers. But now that the Book of Cain is actually um, available, Mm -hmm. would you suggest that if you have the Book of Cain that you refrain from reading certain sections of it pertaining to the Sin War particularly until you read the book or does it spoil things to the point where, well, it, I, no. It, I, I'm just gonna say that, <laughs> that uh, probably reading the Book of Cain, and if you read it in its entirety, it's not. I mean, sure, it's gonna you know kind of summarize the the Sin War trilogy for you, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna give you all of the detail and all the flavor, and so.
2: Exactly, and these books are really detailed. It f- certainly felt like. I'm in the third book now I'm in part of the third book and it feels as though this was written as one long narrative I mean they really flow together well the characters are very developed You get, you know, their thoughts and their whole history of why they think this way and why they're motivated to do certain things. And I don't think you're going to get that depth of character in a summary Mm -mm. of the Book of Cain. You're going to get the main events. You know, this person did this, this happened next, that led to that, maybe. I haven't read the Book of Cain yet, so I can't be certain. But you're going to miss a lot of, like, it's, it's a really good narrative. It really is. And it's got, like, all these, like, battle tactics in there really violent scenes and a lot of just, you know, essence of what these characters are. So I, th- I think you could read Book of Cain if it's only giving you a summary of this without completely spoiling the entire Sin War series.
0: Yeah.
2: You might get the big ideas, but you won't get the whole meaning of why they're a big idea.
0: Yeah. Well, if, if you are more of a purist and you, and you don't want to have anything spoiled for you, then by all means... Put off the book of Cain until after you read the entire trilogy but right mm-hmm. it's about the journey not the destination right exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> so e- e-
0: even if you know the outcome you know you don't know exactly how things transpire exactly to get there so
2: right right and i'm leaving a lot out intentionally um there are some incredibly creepy things in that book that still are very creepy. I mean, I finished the book and it's still like, ugh <laughs> But, um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot in them.
1: Yeah, it really sets up the world of Diablo for you through the narrative of those books.
2: It, it does, yeah. But
1: if you want to kind of find out what the story and Cliff Notes version is, so to speak, the Book of Cain will do that. But if you really, like, you know, with the Cliff Notes, you always, you know, you got the pieces here and the pieces there but you don't really know the story if you actually involve yourself in reading the actual book. And I think that's a good idea there, Jen.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you'll miss a lot. It does tell you, you know, the Sin War obviously tells you what's the Sin War, who's on what side, what happened, why are they motivated to do this, you know, but I'm trying not to give any too many spoilers out here, but um, it's really hard to talk about the second part of a, of a trilogy and not... Kind of give things away. Yeah, that was a challenge. Yeah.
0: Wait, are are you trying to tell me that Darth Vader is Luke's father? No, mm, I don't know. <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, so go out, go out and get the Sin War trilogy. You know, it's I, I have it. I just haven't had the time to read it, and I've had it for a while. I fail. <laughs> but let's let's move on to just a tiny. Well, yeah, a tiny bit of uh, news in in the Diablo community, Bria. What what do you want to hit on specifically? I, I I do see that there's a note that says that there's an announcement of a console version in a tweet. Into ask Bria about it. So let's go <laughs> ahead and ta- tackle that.
1: Well, um, anybody who's been following Diablo last, uh, well, for a while now, last couple of weeks, you know, with the whole announcement of it supposedly being um, released on February first, and then the whole problem with poor Bashog having to explain what he meant by big meeting on Monday, he had to go into people, uh, you know, always asking questions, and he kind of half-heartedly put out that there's something about needing to look into a console version or having people hired for a console version of Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. And his specific tweet um, referring to that, he goes, "Yep," in quotation point, uh, quotation mark, um, wasn't meant to be an announcement. We're still exploring a console version, but more importantly, working on the PC and Mac version. So basically what he's referring to is that they were hiring console designers and putting them into the main Diablo team to help get the game out for the PC and the Mac version now. And then they would con- um, the idea was they would continue to keep their position to help develop a console version of it. And that's good news for a lot of people who enjoy a console version to begin with. Like, I started the whole Diablo series on the original PlayStation console game, and then found out you could play it in a PC version. got used to playing that.
0: Yeah, basically, it, it seems like with the internet nowadays, somebody says something and then it gets run with, you know, by all these news outlets. They're like, oh my goodness, you know, mm-hmm. there's a console version, it's confirmed. <laughs> it's like, well, oops, No. I didn't yeah. mean it to be a confirmation. It's
2: like that little kid game, I think it was called Telephone, where you stick all the kids in a circle, and the first <laughs> kid thinks of a sentence and whispers it to the next kid, and that kid whispers it to the next kid, and by the time you get all the way around the circle, it's like completely different than what started. That's the internet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, n- needless to say, right now, a console version's not on the books, no.
1: but there may be one in the future. So. And now, with the way that um, PlayStation, Xbox... Um, and uh, the Wii are all kind of uh, connected through the internet anyway it's possible they can also develop this where it actually can interact with the PC version Mm -hmm. which is something very different than when last time we had a Diablo game out there was no way in the world you could get the console into a Battle.net format Um, because it just didn't exist but now it does exist so it's possible they're looking at another growing market to put that into because for example my wife who works on a computer all day long does not want to sit down and play a PC game. But she said if it would something that came to a console, because we have console games as well, she said she'd play that in a heartbeat because she likes to play console games. It doesn't feel the same as sitting at a computer. It's still kind of funny that
0: um, I, if I if, I'm tr- if I recall correctly, that the whole concept of a console version of Diablo 3, you know, being put out there was months and months months ago something about how how this felt good or how it felt good on a controller you know mm-hmm. re- referring to having an Xbox a Microsoft Xbox 360 wired controller or you know the wireless with a wireless dongle um, you know hooked up to your PC and that it that it can work on a controller and that Kind of led to oh you're developing a console version of
1: it and it was like um oops no <laughs> no you're taking what we said out of context again internet thank you <laughs> yeah and then um
0: unfortunately I'm I'm also gonna bring up another tweet and it's, I I don't know wait, would you say this is bad taste by Zarhim? because it's kind of kind of like taunting you know you know like poking 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 us with with a stick. Um, Zarhim, uh, who's uh, talking congas on uh, on Twitter, he he said, uh, "I put my Mountain Dew in the freezer and now it's all frozen."
1: LOL. Not signed a Diablo three release date. So. <laughs> well, you know you to understand, these People every single day have got to be getting hundreds of of questions, just about the, the simplest thing they've probably answered forty or fifty times, hoping and all everyone on the internet trying to trick them into. You know, or bait them into giving away something like, oh, the release date, or oh, mm-hmm. how how close is close to being right. released? And so you know, or they're just
2: like reading into it, hopefully, like, oh, you know, he said yes in that tweet, so it must mean, ch- you know, that's what's going to happen. And you know, he could have been saying yes to anything yeah. at all. You know, do you want to go get pizza? Yes. Now, oh my God, it's Diablo three. No. no. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not bad taste at all. I mean, if if it was something like. You know, he put out, "Hey, Diablo three is going to release uh next Friday," and then he put out, "Oh yeah, I'm just kidding." No, that would be in bad days. but something like if that this, would be in bad taste. No, no, uh-huh. I, I think this is—you know—sometimes they get a little tongue in teams. cheek. Yeah, it exactly, was... tongue in cheek. Have fun. That's that's
0: that's the Blizzard. That's the Blizzard way, by the way. <laughs> in, in case in case anybody you know thinks that Blizzard is you know rigid, like buy the books, you know. Everything's set in stone, we don't do anything unprofessional. That's not blizzard at all. It's like have you have you really played a blizzard game? I mean <laughs> I mean have you especially if you played WoW. I mean or well not not even WoW. I mean Diablo two had well, there was no cow level, but there was a cow level. <laughs> you know? I mean
1: they're not robot yeah. well, behind you, a keyboard. You want... <laughs> <laughs>
2: You kind of want a gaming company to be able to have fun, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, I just,
0: I saw a tweet in response to Zarm's tweet. It was like, where, hey, this isn't cool, you know, you have a CM mocking us, oh, you know, no. who are, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're just, all, we're all oh, anticipating the game, when is it coming out? Come on, it's not nice. And it's like, oh, come on. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's. Blizzard, you know, let let them have fun from from time to time, because otherwise their games would not be fun to play.
2: Right, exactly.
0: Diablo three is finally going to be able to go to Korea, but with one little
1: caveat. Bridget, did you want to elaborate on that? Sure. Um, finally, the Gaming Regulation Board over in Korea, South Korea, has given an actual rating for the game, because they won't allow any games to be released in their country without a rating from this board. And they had asked Blizzard to come back to them several times. Everything that's dealing with it is the real money auction house, and how money is going to actually be done through the game. Basically, they don't—they think of it as online gambling rather than online gaming, the way uh, you would be able to have the cash-out option. Well, what happened is Battshack just released today, as it was, that uh, so they were right—that they have the auction house that uses Battle.net balance which is separate from the gold auction house Uh, in Korea. There are going to be some details that he is still fuzzy on because the Korea battle net balance works a bit differently from what we're used to in the United States and in Europe. In any case, it won't be a currency free option if somebody was looking for that. So at least now we know that Korea has allowed basically Blizzard to go forward with releasing Diablo 3. It just won't have the real money auction house capability that you might see in other countries. Yeah, it's understandable.
2: Yeah, I was wondering if someone, some country or some state would consider it gambling and how that would play out.
0: It's hard to see it as a gambling thing, but I guess the the actual being able to cash out part is the main concern there. It's just, I, I guess it's like playing a I, I don't know. It's like pulling, sitting down on a slot machine until until that awesome piece of loot drops for you. It, I don't know.
2: I don't know, but eh, laws are strange, especially when you go across countries. So
0: South Korea, in particular, is the country that also has a curfew on uh, their online gaming, I believe. It's, what, 10 p.m. if you're under a certain age? <laughs> and so... And... and yeah, wow. it's... It, the way, also the way that South Korea operates, and I, I'm not a hundred percent, you know, like into the into this, knowing everything about this. So, if I misspeak a little bit, you know, don't don't like, you know, call me out on it too badly, you know. Just correct me, you know, gently. <laughs> but um, they, they usually they they don't game at home like we do, you know. They they go to these what what we would call an internet cafe in South Korea. They're called Bangs. And uh, they play at at these cafes or bings, as as they're called in South Korea. And it's more of a social event. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. not quite it's not quite like um, you know here in America. We're all spread apart, so we just play in our own homes, and you know, you don't even have to shower and whatever. So, so if you're a barbarian you can actually be a barbarian in real life at the same time while you're playing your barbarian You know, it's like getting your barbarian while playing your barbarian
1: so so you can be your barbarian? yeah <laughs> uh, you just could never get away with that in a dress <laughs> I,
0: oh my
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: a, dress, a dress
0: on a barbarian would not be pretty no
2: mm, not at all so basically, what you're saying is, um, people out there are out of their homes playing the game. So, is do, are you saying that you think the uh, curfew has to do more with like when those places close? Then yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, because uh, they, there have been stories, sad, very tragic stories of um, families or parents who forget that they have kids at home and go to play these games. Oh. And that's sad, yeah, and there's actually there was at least one case where a child died, and so yeah it's it's i like i said i I don't have an inside look at the actual scene, but needless to say, they do have an issue with gaming addiction in South Korea, and that's probably part of the reason why they didn't want the real money part of the auction house to be there because that would only reinforce this. This behavior in South Korea, they'd be like, "Well, look, I'm 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 getting money, you know. I I should be I'm working. Yeah, <laughs> oh no, I, I should be here all the time. So yeah, I, I can understand why they they didn't want that there. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Just a little bit of culture shock for everybody.
2: Very very different. Yeah, it's not really what you think about with gaming here. You know.
0: Nope. nope. Yeah, completely different in America. Mm-hmm. So, there's also a story, Bashiok seems to be our favorite community manager today. Um, uh, He he talked about uh, the follower viability in game. And,
1: Bridget, did you want to elaborate on that as well? Basically, before BlizzCon, the original idea was to have followers only last through normal, and then after that, everything would be you're fighting on your own. And without a follower, after normal, through hell, difficulty, and, uh, and beyond. Well, uh, it became such a popular feature to have um, followers helping you in the game that they had to kind of go back and relook at the numbers and relook at how they balanced the game. And because of so many, so much feedback, they decided to implement the fact that they could use followers, and but not in a way that you could not do it without followers. Like uh, you couldn't go in all the way to the very end of the game and not be able to at least have a chance to defeat something uh, at, at the end game without a follower. So the way that they've redesigned and um explained a little bit more detail, that they had looked back at Diablo 2 and what had happened with some of their followers like the Mercenary, uh, but people didn't really like them very much and they, they didn't seem to work very well, at least not to the way they wanted to. What they want to do with the followers now is they want them to be kind of an extension of your character but not something that overpowers your character. Like you just can't do it without them. You, know, you could just leave them back in town and decide to go and um, the rest of, you, of the Hell level, if you want, or Nightmare, without a follower, if you wanted to take that challenge. But if you did want to have them along, it would be kind of almost like having an extra buff for you. Um, they didn't, he didn't go into details of what kind of buffs, but you know it could be something where it's just adding a little extra damage for you or it's adding a little extra speed to your attacks or something of that sort. They also did not want to have followers be that source of your focus in the game. They want you to be your hero and what your hero does against the forces of the um, legions of hell. And what they decided to do with the followers is uh, basically if the followers die so to speak they kind of take a knee and sit out for a few seconds and then they'll revive and go back into battle as long as you're still alive. Or if you die, your followers die. So your follower's not out there by himself, because really, your followers are not supposed to be the hero. Which is interesting, because in that way, you're not sitting there like I remember, I'm even right now, in early games of Diablo 2, if you get yourself caught with too many demons, I'm looking at the top left corner and seeing my archer, or the rogue, getting killed. And I say, oh, like, oh boy, it's going down, so I have to get a, a potion, drop it on her picture, so that way she would heal up, hopefully, and not die. Well they don't want it to be that situation in Diablo three. They just want it kind of like if it died it's really just knocked out for a few seconds and comes back. I guess basically what you're
0: saying is the these uh these followers were possibly once a hero, but then they took an arrow to the
1: knee <laughs> I was wondering when that was gonna come in. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm I'm a little I I
0: didn't really realize this until just now. I'm not going to be able to have a pet barbarian for my wizard. Oh, you'll have to have a templar. That'll be close. Nah, no, yeah. not really. But you know what? You know what? After um, you know, we Rotar, you know, our awesome sweet listener mm-hmm. is is an awesome paladin. So, you know what? Paladins are definitely more than just one peg above the barbarian. They're you know, they're they're two pegs above the barbarian. So.
2: So there you go. They're twice as good.
0: Yes. <laughs> but but I, I was I was looking... F- I, I realized, you know what? I'm not going to be able to have a pet barbarian and kill everything for the pet barbarian. You know, have the barbarian go, huh, wait, everything dead. Huh, what, what am I supposed <laughs> oh, no. to do?
2: You're just going to have to find other players that are barbarians to you know, do that too, I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, and the other thing to add is uh, when you do any co-op experience, um that your followers will actually not be enabled. They'll be disabled, so that way you can experience battling with uh, someone else on your team. Because basically how they look at it is, you know, even though the game might be a little bit tougher, drops might be a little bit better, uh, gameplay might be a little bit harder with uh, having multiple players in the game, they don't want to overbalance it by having the followers included. Right, makes sense.
2: So it just gives you a choice. Like, if you want to play this game on your own, here's some followers to help you. If you want to play with other people, you don't need the followers to help you. Go play with other people, right?
1: Exactly. That's perfect. Yep.
0: And actually, the game will scale with other players that join. It's just mm-hmm. like in Diablo 2, where the monsters get stronger when somebody joins the game. So. Oh, that's fun, because the loot gets better, too. I remember soloing eight... You know, you you join a a seven of eight player game, and then you'd be like, you'd be that eighth person, and you'd go find your own little zone just to go farm. Mm-hmm. At least as a sorceress, because that was really easy. You know, sorceresses are the best thing ever.
1: Just, just saying. Oh, like all mages, one button. Hey.
0: <laughs> hey, I resent that Aww. remark. Or
1: do I? Or do I
0: resemble that mark I remark.
1: <laughs> the lines are <the> blurred. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't. I don't play an arcane mage. I do not like arcane. But, uh, n- needless to say, yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to having, I guess, a pet templar or a scoundrel maybe. Oh, you can just have an enchantress. Double wizard mm-hmm. it up. <laughs> yep. And actually, we will. We will cover that. Uh, I guess beta patch nine dropped recently. And the uh, patch notes for it are really short.
1: Oh, no kidding. Very, very short.
0: That is that is a clear indication that they are wrapping things up. That they're getting
1: pretty close. Yeah. You know, b- Beta Patch 8, which was dropped um,
2: Wow, yeah, there's not much there. December, uh, December
1: 15th. 15th. You know, had a lot of tweaking of skills for different classes. Kind of tightening up the quests and events. So little changes on the user interface and then five days later they drop beta patch 9 and basically it was just a look like a bunch of bug fixes you know yep. not even 10 of them
2: wow okay so that means i need to get into the beta fast before it goes away
1: yeah you never know because they did say they're going to do another round uh, but they don't know exactly when and they don't know exactly how much but you would figure you know it can't be too many more of these before they would actually release the game or at least one would hope
0: yeah, once they start getting down to you know like two or three things in their patch notes, that's when you know that it's imminent. Because mm-hmm. that that's a pretty proven track record with at least the PTR builds for WoW. You know, when, once the PTR builds start having like minor bug fixes in them, you know that the it's getting it's wrapping up that they're getting close to the release candidate of it.
1: So, that's that's awesome. Oh, Jen, you'll have to let us know one thing when you try it out. Mm-hmm. The beta is tell us a little bit more about your own experience with the BattleNet battle tags.
2: I haven't set one up yet. I'll have to. Yeah,
1: yeah, actually, you they will have just to implemented set it,
2: up. it. Okay.
1: Yeah, it with um beta patch H8, they did implement that battle tag system. And uh there are there is information on the Diablo website about introducing battle tag. Mm-hmm. And it can go into more um detail, but basically the feature it just gives you a unique name, you like your, pick your name and a unique number, identify it and match it. And no matter what game you're in, in case anybody doesn't know this um, in the audience, basically what it'll do is identify you in any game or on, you know, if you play in WoW and you're on multiple realms, well you can have that battle tag and it'll associate with you in different realms. Yeah, essentially it's like Real ID or at least the way
0: that it was, should have been implemented in my opinion.
2: So what's going to happen with real ID then? Cuz I'm already using that. So I mean, I didn't think I needed a battle tag too, but I Yeah,
0: battle that. tag is actually a requirement for Diablo 3. So Okay, then mm-hmm. I'll be doing that. Yeah. It, it's it's mainly there be- because I don't believe that they're doing the um the, Oh boy. Here we go. Here here come the one stars about the misinformation. Um <laughs> that they they're not doing like back in Diablo 2, they had, you know, they had the U.S. West realm. Yeah, I can talk. The U.S. Central realm and the U.S. East realm. You know, they. I believe that they're just going to be doing the matchmaking through Battle Tag system, as far as I, I read. Oh,
2: okay. So, yeah, I definitely gotta do that. Alright, so that'll be a little assignment for our next show. I'll let you know how that goes.
0: And there was something else that I was about to bring up. Oh my goodness. And it just... It, just totally left that, that train departed anyways I think that's a clear sign to close out the show
2: probably a good idea at this point
0: I don't want to risk any more information even I'm clear. right right exactly <laughs> my, mouth, my mouth is clearly failing so. right,
2: right. plus you know I gotta go get on that beta oh so. yeah that's
0: right oh exactly We're yeah, we are beta. holding Ken up so we, we better hurry up so, thank you everyone for listening to episode 7 of the Shattered Soulstone podcast. It is a it is a part of the Dawn Forge production network. And we want to thank Medros for hosting our show. You can read the show blog or listen to the show archives at ShatteredSoulstone.com. We are on Twitter. The show account is Shattered Stone. I'm Nevik James. Braja is Braja Priest and Jen is Queen of Haiku. We are on Facebook and Google+. We can't do the show without you, the listeners, so please send in your contributions, questions, and feedback to show at shatteredsoulstone.com. And we should be doing our next show in two weeks from Friday-ish. So that would put us at the 27th is our tentative.
2: Next recording. Yeah.
0: So you have until the 27th to send us all your hate mail about me and my hatred of the barbarian. But that's okay because maybe, you know what? Actually, I bet we won't get any hate mail because if you love a barbarian, clearly can't
1: you can't type. So. Um.
2: Oh my! Oh my!
1: <laughs> Here goes another twenty uh, emails coming in. <laughs> Good job, Nev. <laughs> hey,
0: barbarians are illiterate. What can I say? <laughs> All right, so until next time, too much for me, for Jen, and for Brazier. Go read a book, it will prove that you're not a barbarian.
1: Fresh beta. This has been a presentation of Dawnforge, copyright 2012. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com.